I'm really happy to have Thomas from Paranoid American come and share with us. Uh, he's a comic book publisher, an artist. Uh, he does a lot of cool stuff, and I really appreciate you taking the time today to share with us, Thomas. Hey, thanks, man. Dude, it's really cool. So Hugh and I have been talking back and forth. I was like, oh, we could talk about occult stuff or whatever, you know, and you're like, yeah, that's cool. What do you know about that? And I'm like, well, you know, a little bit. And then you're like, well, yeah, I know a little bit too. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I just uh, so happened to attain 32nd degree Mason, uh, you know, on 420 or something like that, which is in <laughs> incredible. The coincidences at work in this reality, I can't even fathom it. Um, but I would love it to talk a little bit about uh, your, your journey and uh, how you got into that and you know, um, what, uh, what you maybe learned about yourself as you kind of opened up to this path and, and, and what you're working on as well. Um, but, uh, I guess we can start from the beginning, you know, what, uh, what got you interested in masonry? Uh, I guess it's a little bit of a shortcut to that, but, uh, the long story short of that is that, uh, my dad passed down my grandpa's ring that had a big G on it. And I wore it for years and years uh, when I was in the military and, and afterwards. And I always thought the G stood for the G in a last name as a family name. So I always assumed that it was this, you know, ring that represented our family and was passed down from his grandpa. And I was working late night uh, graveyard shift at a Kinko's in downtown San Antonio. I was, I was basically in the military during the day and working extra money at a second job during the night. And I'm helping this guy make copies. And he was like, oh, you're a, he said some kind of Masonic thing to me that I had no idea what he was talking about. And he was like, well, why are you wearing that ring? And I was shocked, you know, why asking about my ring? Well, it's from my, you know, family name, from my grandpa. He's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then it kind of took me back. He said, no, that's a Masonic ring. That G stands for, you know, the Grand Architect G. And the reason why he knew it was Masonic is because it had these three little oak leaves on all the corners. And again, I had no idea what he was talking about. I thought he was just kind of blowing smoke up my ass because you're used <laughs> to all sorts of people coming in at 2 a.m. at Kinko's because we had a, a public bathroom and, you know, a warm AC or whatever. Um, but yeah, so he told me a little bit more about that. He told me to look out for the whole like to be one, ask one bumper stickers mentality. And if no one's ever heard of that before, it's basically if you want to be a Mason, you just ask a Mason. Uh, and that's essentially how you get invited in. And he invited me at that time. I was anti-Mason. I had been listening to, you know, Jordan Maxwell and Lyndon LaRouche, um, sort of like Alex Jones style. And this was in the, the very early 2000s. Um, so at that point, I was, I was almost like, oh, I can't believe I've been wearing this Masonic ring all this time, thinking it was my, you know, grandfather's passed down family ring. Huh. And, you know, years and years went on. And I kept doing more and more studies, get more into like a cult and a lot of like Tex Mars and um, sort of like the David Icke symbolism of everything. And eventually I was like, they're either, you know, running the world behind this place or everyone in my family has been in on it. And I just was the one that wasn't in on it. And it skipped the generation. My dad wasn't Mason or anything. So I just went to a local lodge at some point later on. I think I had just turned about 20, maybe a little bit younger. And uh, it, was, it was 15 years ago. So 
Um, and I just went in as a, you know, that the full kind of tarot card thing, like stepping off the cliff into a whole new unknown, uh, totally out of my comfort zone, this big, huge center with a bunch of old people, you know, um, and then, you know, over time, I, it, it turned less into a feeling like I was infiltrating, you know, this, this covert society to find out all the secrets and uh, what they were hiding from me and then from the rest of the world into, oh, okay, I, I kind of understand a little bit more now that it's it's a, a group of people that care enough about sort of introspection and arcane philosophy and things that aren't very popular now unless you go on to like a, a forum or something and to find them in like real life and and talk in person and uh you know get like life stories from them and not just links to amazon and stuff like that so uh over over time i just sort of really enjoyed kind of the information that i got of it and then as you mentioned, I, I went all the way up to 32nd degree, which is far more impressive than it sounds. I, I assure you, it's not that, that huge of a feat. Uh, if you can memorize something, then you can make your way up. So that was, that was kind of my foray into the Masons. But I think that I, I kind of came to what you would consider an awakening far before that. That was just sort of this alternate form of research that I kind of got taken in and ultimately joined a club. I, I think I wouldn't discount the fact that I'm very gullible and I'm very into like joining things. America's always been known as uh, a country of joiners, you know, like even like in the in the early 1920s and 1900s when uh, masonry started taking like a bigger foothold, it was because of that whole like joiner aspect. And most people were members of like five or six different clubs. And uh, so I think that's probably ingrained in, in my DNA somehow is just like always wanting to join uh, something. I can't can't help it. Yeah, I I have I suffer from that too. I mean, I think there's something tribal about us for sure that you know <laughs> that we we want to be part of something. We want to, you know, connect uh, and be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Um man, that's so interesting. Can we go back just a little bit to, you Don't know, worry. your first awakening and talk a little bit about that if you're cool with it? It's it's hard for me to pinpoint because I feel I, I watch a couple of your shows and some of the other guests and stuff on this show and I I feel a little bit of an outlier. I always I always do in a way. But that I don't ever remember believing in any sort of religion. I was I was born and raised strict uh, Roman Catholic up until I was made enough of a stink that they you know my parents stopped bringing me to church because it was more of a nuisance than anything else. But I I just remember just never believing in any of it. Not because it was a um, like a counterculture pushback thing for whatever reason. It just didn't make sense to me. If someone had sat me down and explain it in a way that it made logical sense, I probably would have been all in, but it never happened to me. And I remember even asking questions in Sunday school. I remember one question in particular, they were talking to us about hell and I was, you know, 11, 10, something like that. And I just remember think, asking the question out loud, if you burn forever, like, wouldn't you get used to it after a while? Even if it took, <laughs> even if it took 10 or 20 years, you know, at a certain point, you'd be like, okay, yeah, it's, it's really hot here, but you know, I'm, I'm no longer in like the excruciating pain that it, I was when it started. I've acclimated. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wouldn't you become acclimated at some point? And uh, I was, it was explained to me very shortly that no, it doesn't work that way. And apparently afterwards they, they asked my parents not to bring me back to Sunday school unless I was just gonna sit there and fill the, the coloring books out or whatever. So uh, I, I kind of parted ways at that point. And, and shortly after that, it was like, okay, well, 
uh, if you stay home and do chores, then you don't have to go to church. And I, I prefer that more so than anything, because I just, at least in Roman Catholic church, it's a lot of being quiet and then standing and then sitting and then listening for the bells and then standing again. And uh, it's that for, you know, an hour and a half plus maybe a little 15 minute break where they read out, you know, car deals and the local uh, craft shops and stuff like that. So uh, I, anyways, I was, I was very disconnected. I never really felt in tune with any of it. Um, but then over time, I started learning more about, I guess, like agnosticism and some other like very uh, independent forms of study that didn't require church. I found the Gospel of Thomas. I found the Gospel of Judas. And these kind of made a lot more sense to me, uh, especially like the Gospel of Judas and Thomas, where uh, or Thomas is like, you know, pick up any rock. There I am kind of thing. And it was it was specifically you don't need to go to church. If you see a guy sitting in a whole big gold chair with all this expensive, um, you know, stained glass behind him, that's not necessarily the way to it. You know, you can just look in a, in a club of dirt somewhere and you can find the same sort of knowledge in there. So that, that was when I think I transitioned from being, I guess, born atheist in a way into more agnostic. And then the, that just kind of unravels more and more over time, right? So uh, now, it's, now it's like, well, maybe agnosticism isn't the, the full answer, but to me, it's like you were telling me before, uh, just realizing how stupid and ignorant you are uh, just in general. And then on top of that, I just know how very gullible I am. I can fall for stuff, you know, very, very easily, which, which makes me extra. You, you mentioned another quote, Robin Anton Wilson, where uh, I don't believe in many things. I, I'm just very, um, you know, I guess suspicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Suspicious. <laughs> I don't believe. Uh, I, I very much, you know, apply that to sort of my worldview. Man, I love that. I, I, it's, it's helped me so much and especially in relating to other people, because it's like, your perspective is valid. I'm not going to discredit you just because you see something differently from me. There are infinite perspectives and we're also using words to try and accurately depict something that is beyond uh, de definition so often. So it's like, how do you even quantify that? <laughs> but it's, it, it, it's been really helpful. And it's so cool to talk to, uh, to talk to you and, and about, you know, that whole thing, you know, and, um, you know, I would love to hear just about um, kind of what got you into doing what you're doing now. How did you find your path? How did you uh, really decide, hey, you know, I know uh, what I want to create and, um, and put out there artistically. How did, how did that uh, start to form? So I, I guess I'm, I'm lucky in a way that I feel like I always knew what I wanted to do from very, very young age, like five or six, essentially. I knew I wanted to talk to computers forever. That was like, I wanted that to be my my job and my everything. And my best friend and next door neighbor, um, he drew comics all the time. And I tried as hard as I wanted to. I could never quite draw the way that you know he could. And his dad was a computer programmer. So I guess just being really close with my friend, um, it just absolutely shaped and set me on a path that I, I couldn't have you know set myself off of no matter how hard I tried. Wow. So over, over time, um, I just loved computers from forever. I felt like it was this this language that I could speak that could not be misinterpreted in a way, like whatever I said was exactly what it did. And I could, you know, there was this, this very explicit communication two way, there was no ambiguity and there was, there was no like uh, different ways of interpreting the things that I wanted to have done. And, you know, it turns you antisocial in a way. So, but um, I, I found this whole spark of, 
being able to create something out of literally nothing, like out of the, the effort and the energy and the focus that you just put into this digital box and out on the other end comes music and artwork and writing and books and movies and anything you could think of. And I just remember that whenever I just kind of noticed that's how it worked, I was like, I want to do that. I want to create things out of, out of nothing, essentially. Um, so it, it kind of started me down that path. I was on to computer programming. Uh, I think my, my first programmer around age 11, when I was like decompiling old games and trying to like add my face to them and, and you know, add special things to them. And fast forward many, many years in the future, um, I remember at some point uh, coming across this concept of NLP through a very roundabout way. It was through a Darren Brown videos where he was, he's this mentalist uh, from the UK and he does really great magic tricks and stuff. But there was a couple videos I watched like back to back and he was trying to implant this suggestion on the member that he was talking to. And at the end of it, I was getting the exact same suggestions that his guests were on this pre-recorded, you know, TV show. And it, and it absolutely blew my mind because I was like, okay, whatever that gullibility thing is that's in my brain, like this guy knows how to like push that button exactly. He's got it down to a science. And that, that was how I indirectly started learning about NLP a little bit. This is also right around the time. This was shortly after I had already joined the Masons. And NLP came up into a whole nother avenue where I was looking into memory work because there's a whole lot of things you have to memorize because you're not allowed to commit anything to writing and, and things like this. Wow. Um, so it was it was one of these instances, I find this all throughout life, I'm sure you do too, where there's this one topic that just like every other avenue of your life that you're already familiar with starts like pointing at this same thing in different ways. So it was like, okay, I guess that's the next thing for me to learn. And being an absolute conspiracy-minded individual too at that point, uh, finding out that like the NLP links to, you know, MK Ultra versus the, like the self-help aspect versus the almost the magical aspect of intent and, and you know, energy, all of this kind of culminated in, uh, in a really strange way. But I would say like the, the grand awakening was sort of this meeting of um, wanting to understand psychology and understanding things in a very like programmatic, logical uh, sense of things. And then I guess that resurgence of all of the, the crazy Roman Catholic deities and saints and, and mysticism, uh, they all just kind of like clicked together. And I was like, oh, like I can, I can make this make sense to me. You know, it, it, was, it was like finding hopefully all of that framework that I had uh, learned over the years wasn't a complete waste because I can, I can make it useful for me because it's, you know, it's built there and there's a structure there that I can follow. So that's a roundabout way, but that was sort of how I kind of saw my awakening coming. Man, I love how you put that. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's, man, that's so cool. I, I want to get uh, deeper in. Uh, I want to, um, I want to ask you, um, you know, uh, to share, you know, what you're working on now, what, you know, and, and how people can discover that. And then if you're cool with it, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, start over again and kind of just go a little bit deeper into the occult stuff and I'll, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, I'll and I'll put that out as kind of a bonus thing, but please tell us, um, you know, what you're working on now and, uh, where people can, uh, can find your work. Yeah, well, I'll start with what you can find now. Um, cause it's all very recent. I just started putting some stuff on Amazon. So I've got a whole little collection. I'll just show you rapid here. So I've got um, this MK Ultra pamphlet. 
that basically breaks down the whole history of MK Ultra from the 1970s through today. Uh, and it's just kind of got, well, I'm, I'm going to disappear as I do this. <laughs> Here, I'm going to get rid of my background. That looks great, by the way. Oh, here we go. So yeah, this this right here is a book format. I've got another version of this that's in like a chick track format. You can kind of see it hinted on the back page here. Um, if you go to paranoidamerican.com, you can get the chick track version. Otherwise, everything else here I've got is the Amazon format. Um, I got another one called Fiction Faction. This is sort of just like a, a mishmash. If you just Took, took a hat and wrote a whole bunch of random conspiracy theories and threw them in the hat and then took three out and made a comic out of each of those pairings that's essentially what this is cool so we've got like uh here like, you got ben franklin bodies hollow earth pollution chemtrail nazi werewolves <laughs> occult fast food so this one is made by um it was a, a brother team called the obscure gentlemen that are hilarious and they've got their own thing but this one is just like a really fun totally fictional way of, of getting some of the the more like darker topics in a light way just a very easy read i love um, that this one's a little off the wall so this is a children's book about chemtrails <laughs> that's the, awesome dude the confounding conspiracy of chemtrails and it's it's a hundred percent a children's book like there was it's it's not even written as like an adult book it's 100 written as a children's book but it has cool little tidbits like one of the Here's them going through the astral plane. So every time they go on a field trip, they go to this underground bunker, um, which then turns into the astral plane. And then they end up in whatever place they need to, to kind of learn about what the topic is. And this one being about chemtrails. So here's a really good example of, uh, if you can show here, where it's talking about HR 2977 Space Preservation Act, which specifically mentions the term chemtrails as a subdivision of exotic weapon systems so it, the whole point of this originally was um the, the point for connect the dots was that there are some theories that are discounted so easily and all you really have to do is like look here's the research so it's almost like i'm connecting the dots for you and it was it was very much like a sarcastic way of like all right if you don't want to believe it i'm going to write it to you as a children's book but yeah. um it, it's not it's not really like a snarky thing it legitimately turned into like a fun children's book very lighthearted. the second one is is called uh the secret society job fair so all the kids learn about like the hermetic order of the golden dawn and the freemasons and the bavarian illuminati and dude that is amazing no i love how on the nose it is that's what makes <laughs> a great parody you know like i i think that is just fantastic <laughs> it's like if maybe if we start using baby talk people will understand <laughs> a little more clearly I mean, if, if you can explain it to a, a fifth grader or a sixth grader then anyone should be able to understand it really i love it this is the one that i first started out it took me about 10 years to finish because i had no idea what i was doing when i started um but it's just a a um an anthology of eight different stories from eight different writers and eight different artists, but it covers things from the CIA um, drug scandal of Iran-Contra. It talks about, there's a story in here about Prescott Bush and his friends digging up Geronimo's bones for the, the Skull and Bones temple. It's kind of covers a whole bunch of different gamuts. Um, th this one's probably the best one if you want to get like a, a wide sampling of a whole bunch of different stories. Got a whole list of the different people that's involved. Um, so, and this one also has a sneak 
peak of um, issue, a comic that's coming out soon called Never a Straight Answer about Stanley Kubrick directing the moon landing. Awesome, dude, that's so gonna be I'll, my- I'll tell oh you more about God. that in a little in a little bit. Oh, that's so cool. And then finally, the, this is all the things that are available on Amazon now. I've got my time sampler series, which is right now five different issues. Uh, it starts where they go back in time to Jekyll Island and um, and they meet all the originators of the Federal Reserve and um, just kind of like start from there. We uncover the concept of human sheep hybrids named sheeple, which were originally <laughs> they were, they originally created as like um, like the help so that they could, you know, not have to ask humans for help. They could have the sheeple do all the help for them. And it kind of wildly got out of control. Uh, let's see. The second issue starts to break down the concept of MK Ultra and positive and negative and creation and destruction and and sort of duality in a way. So hence the the cover here. Cool. Uh, the third one's probably my favorite issue out of all of them so far. This one um, takes the writings of Fritz Springmeier and Cisco Wheeler, which wrote about um, how to create an Illuminati mind control puppet slave. Um, and you know, he went to jail for like a bank robbery later on. But anyways, it, it sort of illustrates exactly what they uh, termed as this MK Ultra subject, where they would take a baby and inject it with you know needles at a certain point to to begin that very first element of, of trauma and essentially creating these alter egos around the concepts of major traumas. Um, and it's a it's a dark subject, but we make a lot of fun and a lot of dick and and uh, poop jokes on the way. So. <laughs> Um, th this issue four is where they start to learn about Akashic Records and the inner library. Um, we talk about Camp Montauk and, and um, Camp Hero, where there was claims to being able to like travel back in time and influence like the Philadelphia Project was one of those examples. Um, it's, this starts to get more into sort of occult knowledge. Um, and we bring up the character of Nikola Tesla and he starts to become like a main figure. And then the most recent issue, this one just came out maybe last month on Amazon. And this is about Nikola Tesla. It's about the Titanic sinking and like the five or six different Titanic conspiracy theories that are all related to that. Uh, and then it brings them back into the modern day where Aleister Crowley has been brought back to life um, by like Donald Trump and Tim Cook and uh, George Soros. And now they have to figure out how to battle Aleister Crowley and, and Aleister Crowley is sort of disappointed because he thought that like the evil world domination scheme would have been much farther along by now. Um, <laughs> so fantastic, and the, dude. that's everything that's, that's available now. And then in the, the next week or two, I've got a series of coloring books coming out. One of them is called Paranoid Portraits. It's 33 different portraits of just different people and lots and lots of baked in symbolism. Um, and it's, you know, coloring books, so get it for your kids. Uh, there's another one that's about all American-specific cryptozoology. I've got one um, work on other, all different artists is a, uh, a combination of Lovecraft and modern politics. So it's like, uh, what if January 6th happened again, but Cthulhu was there, things like that. Um, and then I've got another one that's just essentially a crazy, crazy art. It's called Cult of the All-Seeing Eye. And there's just these insane murals that will just take you, you know, hours to color through all these kinds of details. Um, and then, and then steering it back to something that a little bit more on topic here, 
I've been working for the last three or four years on a series called Secret Mystery School that it's started as me with a very, very ambitious ideas of wanting to basically recreate secret teachings of all ages, but as a comic book and convey the knowledge in there. Of course, you know, just <laughs> you get about 1% into that and you're like, okay, there is a lot here to cover and <laughs> almost assuming that you could even cover it all and not miss so much and be criticized for that. So long story short, that went from a very lofty goal of I'm going to remake Secret Teachings to maybe I'll just do a comic strip about a college student that gets so stoned that he accidentally becomes enlightened and essentially taps into this Akashic Records or, you know, interlibrary because he had the perfect blend of DMT and psilocybin and, and marijuana or whatever. And on this school trip, um, all, all the planets essentially align and this entity, this ascended master sort of takes note that, oh, there's this other, you know, conscious, highly elevated being and, and bestows all the knowledge on them, but they're not ready for it. They're just a bunch of stoner college kids. And they essentially become trapped in this, this realm of philosophers and um, deities and you know people that are very smart and have like all the knowledge of the universe. And they're just like accidentally there because they smoked a little too much. Oh, and the, the series is about them trying to find their way back to kind of reality. I love that. That's great. They're like, yeah, cool. Emerson. Uh, I just want some Funyuns, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I just want a diet Coke, bro. Um, but no, that dude, I love the way, uh, that you're putting that stuff together. I'm going to make sure all that stuff, uh, all your links, uh, are, is, are, are in the notes of this and, and, uh, we're going to continue folks come and check us out on the rock fin. We're going to go a little bit deeper. Uh, uh but I wanted to really, uh, share, because I think your work is amazing and I'm so excited. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and share your story with us. It means a lot. Uh, and so for people who are out there, uh, go and check out Thomas's work. Like he's on uh, Instagram at Paranoid American. And like I said, I will put all the links because what a great and fun uh, way to look into some of these ideas. You know, there's not, there's no pressure. It's not heavy. I love the way that you're presenting this stuff and the mixes are just comically great. I think that was a, a huge inspiration was realizing at a certain point, all the conspiracy theory and occult research, it was like either so obscure and beating me over the head, or it was all coming from this very angry standpoint of, you know, them against us. And it was very serious and very Bible thumpy in, in some ways, depending on your sources. And just stepping back and saying like, what would be a good medium that would take all of that seriousness out, but still allow you to convey all the symbolism and everything else. And I mean, comic book format is just perfect because if someone gets angry at it, you just take a step back and you're like, you're screaming at a comic book right now. And I, and I fully understand that, that weasel mentality of like, oh, well, if I'm just telling jokes, then I don't have to stand behind any statements that I'm making. And I don't have to actually have beliefs in anything. And I think if you read through it, you'll definitely see that there is a consistent theme and there are some consistent beliefs and opinions. But yeah, at the same time, um, like I'm going to show Diogenes and talk about the philosophy of Diogenes. And then I'm going to show him pooping on somebody's chest because that's exactly what Diogenes would do. <laughs> that's great, man. No, that's, that's beautiful. I love it. Um, I like, and, and I understand the cop out too. Like I was uh, 
into something earlier this week where people were being really harshly criticized over something because they weren't comedians. And then the comedians were like, well, I can say whatever I want. And I, you know, I've carte blanche. And it's like, but that doesn't seem fair either. If you're going to hold these people to a standard, but you're not held to it, you're kind of a, just a dick at that point. You know, <laughs> you're just using it as an excuse because it's comedy. And yeah, so it's a fine line there, but I think you are uh, really uh, on, on the, on a, on a, on a great um, balance with it. So dude, it's awesome. I appreciate hey. it, man. And honestly, and anyone that's, that's listening and watching your show, like this is your niche. You probably won't find another comic uh, book company that is so specifically catered to this kind of research. So well, please it's give it a look. Dude, definitely. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, yeah, definitely give it a look, everybody. This is uh, what's so exciting about, you know, ideas coming together and uh, being creative and not, um, and, and collaborative and, um, and different ideas, uh, you know, mixing together and opening up. I think it's such a beautiful recipe for, um, you know, ascension, enlightenment, uh, you know, higher purpose, those types of things. And we have to be able to look at things with levity because that helps you not make it such a big deal. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, I can laugh at this. That means it doesn't control me. And, uh, and I think that's, there's something that's really powerful about that and bringing these ideas in a way where it's like, you know, you, you're not beheld to them. You're not, you don't have to join some community or like marketing list or something like that, but you can entertain things and open up to different ideas, uh, and, and see some of the truths that are underlying, you know, I, I just think the presentation is awesome and, uh, I'll, I'll stop, uh, now, but, uh, but everybody go check it out. Uh, go check the stuff out. Uh, I've got links in the show notes and come and, uh, check us out. We're going to talk a little bit more, uh, exclusively on Rockfin and I'll post it to my Patreon. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. Send us your story. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to share. Be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast and check back often for more great content. Blue Collar Mystics. Out.